0: How's it going today? Good to see you guys. All right. Welcome to Joy Church Grand Opening. I'm so glad to see you. This is incredibly exciting. I woke up like stupid excited today. <laughs> My wife, she, the alarm went off at 530, and I was just like, ding, you know, and you feel all crazy, and then I immediately needed coffee, but that's, that's every day. But uh, when I get really excited, I get really klutzy and, and, and silly. Is anybody else like that? And I'm tripping over my own feet and running into doors and things like that. So I'm, I'm really grateful. I have a lot of joy in my heart that I haven't fallen down the stairs or anything. But today as we were setting up, I was with Casey. Where's Casey? You in here, Casey? Yeah, he almost had to stop me from falling down the stairs. We were like walking and I forgot that you're supposed to like take one at a time. And I tried to take about 10 at a time. Luckily, I have the agility of a ninja. That was actually my first career before I became a pastor, was a ninja, which I know you could tell by my physical appearance, but I just wanted to clarify that. Anyways, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming to Joy Church, and, and I don't know your story. I don't know if you got a door hanger or you saw a TV ad or you're just coming to support today from another church, but whatever your story is, thank you for being here. If this is your first time in church, I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you raise your hand or anything, but I just wanna say thank you for giving a, uh, this a chance to come. We, we love to come together and worship God. We believe there's a, a God in heaven who's looking uh, over everything, in charge of everything. He's the creator, the sustainer. We love to worship him and believe that he is uh, alive, his presence is here. We can meet with him, and uh, I just want to thank you, though, for taking that bold step to come today, and hopefully you're going to get some free popcorn, and then everything's all right. Uh, It's a a great day. Well, we're kicking off a brand new series this morning, and it's called Crazy. Somebody say crazy. 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 Hey, I like this right here. You get crazy. He had had the, the right pronunciation. How many of you have ever, like, looked at your spouse or looked at your kids or looked at your boss or whatever, and you're in a situation and you just said, right now, things are crazy. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. You just said, things are crazy. I can't handle it. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I, it, it's so bad. It's just, it's crazy. I can't figure this out. Anybody? Yeah. And maybe maybe that situation was something really serious, like your spouse has a terminal illness, and you said, this is crazy. How can I live without them. Or maybe for you, it's that you have little kids. My wife and I have three little kids. I know you're like, what were you thinking? I I don't know. I I don't know what we were thinking, but we're crazy. Uh, We have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old, and our life is a little crazy, right? It's good, but it's crazy. And you know, sometimes Bethany and I, we just have a day where things are just going sideways, up, up, down, and every which way, and we just look at each other and go, this is crazy. We call that Monday, but anyways, <laughs> it's just, it's how it goes. And, and I know that that those terrible, no good, horrible, very bad days, right? Alexander and the, the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, those come. There's those days that come that are just crazy, or sometimes it's not a day, it's a week, or it's a month, or it's a year, or it's a marriage, or it's a job, or it's whatever circumstance, but you look around and you go, this is crazy. Well, if you've ever had that experience or ever thought that, this series is going to be for you. This series is is exciting to me because this is the very first series of messages that God gave to my wife and I uh, right when we were planting Joy Church back in the month of March. And right at that exact moment, we had this situation where we were in the car and we looked over and we just laughed and we said, our life is crazy. And it hit us. (laughs) How do you keep it together when life falls apart? How do you keep it together when things are hectic, when they're crazy? And that's what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be looking at a couple stories from the Scripture, from the Bible, of men and women that went through situations that were crazy, in some situations crazier than maybe anything we've actually faced in our life. And we're going to look at God's perspective and God's thoughts on how to keep it together when life falls apart. When everything goes sideways, how do you stay standing straight? How do you persevere and get through those moments into the life that God has for you to live? So you ready to jump in on this today? Well, I remember... When we got the idea for this series, I remember it very well. Because we had, in one night, my wife and I both lost our job. Uh, We had three little kids. We had to move from the house that we were in. And uh, I remember we had a meeting at work, and uh, it was going to happen at 9 in the morning. And we got a nice uh, note in the night that let us know that we were no longer required to come in that day. So we got a day off work. The problem was that all the days were off after that. And so I said, hey, Bethany, the, the good news is that we got the day off. She's like, cool. And I'm like, the bad news is we have all the days off. And uh, we needed to move. We needed to find a job. And we really needed to hear from God what he had for us in the future. And everything was just crazy. And we had these three little kids. And, you know, they don't want to stop eating because you don't have a job, right? And, they, you know, you've got to pay Netflix, like Bethany was talking about. I think Netflix is like a human right. Is anybody? We, we need to amend the, the Constitution and get, or the Bill of Rights and get Netflix. Like every citizen, I'm just kidding. Let's, who wants to vote for me this uh, November? <laughs> Feel like my platform is probably a little more solid, what I could, and I think I can deliver on it. You know, we could cut some costs here and, and so on and so forth. Let's get it going right now. Yeah. Please don't, I do, don't, don't even write me in. I don't even want to sniff that job. I'm happy with what I, what I get to do. But we, we needed to hear from God, and life was kind of crazy. I remember that morning, I'm laying in bed, it was about 10 o'clock, and And I don't know if I was in my boxers or maybe I had a shirt. I don't know. But I'm laying in bed and our son Jack comes in. He was two years old at the time and he says, Dad, what are we doing today? And I said, this is our life now, son. And he said, I don't yike it. I don't either. Get used to it. Then we had this crazy month. I got invited to go teach a class in Canada to church and do worship at some churches, and, and we're, we're going out. And so we're, we're packing for a trip, which with three kids is basically like organizing an army campaign, right? Logistically, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's intense. And we're going to go travel and go to different locations. And then we have to also pack up our house and get ready to move when we get back. And everything is just nuts. And so finally, we go through this month, and we're praying to God, and he gives us, okay, we're going to start Joy Church. He, he, he clarified that. I'll tell you more about that sometime, but this is the quick version. Are you all right? we'll get you out of here to... Beat the Baptist a burger doodle today. But, uh, uh, but anyways, we start getting some traction, and we have a plan, and we get back, and we move our house, and we're, we're like, oh, we can uh, start taking a breath. We don't have a job yet, but we have a plan, and my parents are up in uh, Harrisburg. They were at a conference, and they say, hey, we want to go to Corvallis to the Old Spaghetti Factory and buy you guys dinner, which for me, like, I would drive to New York from here to get dinner <laughs> at Old Spaghetti Factory, because I'm Sicilian, and you say pasta, and I'm like, drop everything, let's go, right? You with me? And so we're like, yay! So we tell the kids, hey, kids! And if you tell kids something, and then you can't deliver, right? Don't ever tell your kids you're taking them to Disneyland. Just take them. Don't tell them you're going to do it, because then your life is going to be crazy. When are we going to Disneyland, right? Are we there yet? No, we're in Eugene. So anyways, we tell the kids, we're going to the old spaghetti factory with Papa and Grandma, and you're going to get bread, and you're going to get pasta, and I could run on that platform, too, huh? And uh, they're like, yay. And so we get in the car. It takes about two hours to pack three kids into a car. And uh, we, we get going down. We lived off, off Bailey Hill. And we go down Bailey Hill. And we're going to pasta. Yay. And everything's coming together. And life's getting less crazy. And all of a sudden, the car goes. Wah! And it just sort of, that's a terrible car noise. But it, the transmission goes out in our car. And that was like the last thing that we needed at that exact moment in our life. And I remember we sort of rolled to the bottom of Bailey Hill, and we're at the corner of 11th and Bailey Hill, and there's Rent-A-Center and a Super Taco. And our car, which Super Taco is the glory of God, I'm just going to tell you that right now, uh, we discovered that, not in that moment, but later. Uh, go there after church, we'll, we'll bless them with our, our business. And we go, our car goes into limp mode, and that's what it's called, it has this mode called limp mode, where you can go about two miles per hour with, your, with no transmission, to get where you need to go. So we pull, we limp into the parking lot of Rent-A-Center and Super Taco, and our life was in limp mode, right? It was crazy. Because here we are, and we've just promised three children, pasta and papa and grandma, and now we can't go anywhere. And, and a burrito is not going to cut it for them at this moment. And so they're crying, and it starts raining. <laughs> and Bethany and I look at my wife, and and, and you know, She's not distraught, she's keeping it together, but I know the look, right? And she looks at me and she knows the look, and there we are, and our life is falling apart. And if you know me, like car problems are the worst thing that can happen to me, because I am the least mechanical man ever that God ever made. And so I'm, we're there, and life is falling apart, and I look at her and she looks at me, and it's crazy, and we have no idea what to do. How many of you ever been in a moment like this? And you say, well, it's just a car, and it's just a job, and it's just a house. Yeah, but for us at this moment, it's just our world is a mess. It's crazy. You know, the words of Jesus didn't come to me at that exact moment. Maybe other words came to me at that exact moment. (laughs) But Jesus spoke about days like this. You know the, the song, Mama Said There'd Be Days Like This. Jesus said there'd be days like this. The theme verses for this series are in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds be- beat against that house, it won't collapse, because it is built on bedrock. He says, But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus said, not if the rains and the winds and the floods come. Not if, but when. Yeah. You say, well, I'm not looking for crazy. That's okay. Crazy's looking for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We don't chase it. We don't follow it. We don't try. Some of you do. Some of you are like, I'm just going to go get crazy today. Well, stop it. <laughs> but most of us aren't looking for crazy, right? We're not looking for crazy right we are not looking for A broken marriage. We're not looking for a broken car and no job. We're not looking for a broken health. We're not looking for a storm, but the storm finds us. Jesus said, not if, but when the floods come. But he gave us the words that we can anchor ourselves to him. So when crazy comes, your foundation is solid on the person of Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you right now, when you come to Joy Church, you're going to hear about Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the gospel, the message that God saves sinners. I don't have self-help, therapeutic, you know, help you become a slightly better person when you leave here today. I can't help you do that. All I can help you do is point you to the one who died on the cross for you, who loves you dearly, and who can transform you from the inside out. You know, I can't take away crazy from your life. I have crazy going on in my life. Come on, somebody. I can't take away your crazy, but what I can do is say, put your hope in the place that is going to keep you solid through the storm. Put your hope in Christ and build your life on Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you know, as we look at this, I was thinking about it. There's really three ways that, that sort of the world or people deal with crazy or cope with crazy. You have a couple of different responses. You ever heard of fight or flight? Like when something happens and a, a conflict comes or a confrontation and it's, some people are fight, some people are flight. Well, here, here's three things. Number one, the first thing that people do when crazy comes is they join in. And that's the person that you're not flight, you're fight. So somebody's like, hey, you want to fight? You're like, yeah, I'm in. You start taking your, your shirt off to get ready to fight, you know, and you're pulling the, the gloves off and you're just like, I'm jumping in no matter what. I'm ready to go crazy, right? How many of you are like that? It gets crazy. Like you never saw a fight you didn't like. You never met someone you didn't want to have an argument with, you know? Uh, people, you're on the phone and they disagree with you. You know, you just go, just go all crazy because you're a join-in, right? When things go psycho, you, you get all psycho, right? I remember we've, I encountered a guy like this at a movie theater back down in White City, Oregon. Anybody been to White City? I'm from Southern Oregon, and it's a slightly different place than Eugene, just a tiny little bit different politically, just a little bit. And... Um, Anyways, we're in White City, and uh, there's a movie theater there. It's the Cinemark, and it's the cheap theaters, and you're gonna get gum on your pants, and you know popcorn butter down your jeans when you sit in there. But you know, and mold grows on you in the chairs. But it's like a buck, so I go to that theater, right? This is like the rich people theater that we meet in, you know. But if we didn't rent it, I couldn't even afford to come to the theater here, you know. But uh, I'm just playing. But anyways. Uh, We're at the cheap theater and we sit down in a completely empty movie theater with about 200 seats. And my friends and I sit down and I'm sitting with my buddy Josh Irby and his nickname is Sure Beast. And he is a man's man. He is a beast of a man. I love Josh. And uh, Sure Beast is a large guy. He actually wins weightlifting competitions now regularly and uh, he's an amazing guy. I'm sitting with Josh and I'm a big guy. Uh, also. I'm six foot two, and so we're, we're sitting there together in a completely empty movie theater with a bunch of people, a whole row of us. Uh, we're going we're gonna to watch a, a film at the cinema. And there we are, and a family comes in, and a diminutive man sits behind us. He was about five feet tall. And he comes in, and his family, and they sit in the empty row in, again, a completely empty movie theater directly behind us. And about 13 seconds later... We hear this man muttering. I'm like hearing the muttering and these giants, stupid giants, blocking my view. We're just like, doth my ears deceive me? Did I not avail myself of an empty chair in an empty theater, sir? Why dost thou not go to an empty sea? And he's complaining and he starts getting louder giants these people are rude, all how rude da, da, da. and finally it's just like it's so obnoxious that Josh and I at the exact same moment we just turn our heads and we just and I just said sir I'm sorry can we help you right because he's clearly directing breathing threats and murder towards us <laughs> and he he he's like la, la, la. and so finally he stands up and he does that menacing thing with his shoulders you know <laughs> like guys we do that right <laughs> You know, that whole thing. And he stands up and he's about five feet tall, which doesn't mean he's not tough. I'm not saying anything about height or anything. But he stands up. And so Josh and I, we're just like, you know, I don't want to get punched in the ear from behind. If I'm going to get beat up, I want to get beat up in the face, you know? Make it count, right? And so I stand up and we both stand up and we realize that he's about three feet shorter than us. And so here we are and we're sort of towering over him. And his wife is sitting there and she just goes, honey. And she puts her hand on his leg. And he just goes like this, feels the hand and sits down. How many of you are that guy? You go into an empty theater and you sit down and then you complain about the people in the front because you're joining in, right? When things go crazy, you're like, well, I'm going to go crazy too. That's a response. Second kind of person does this. You give in. First type, you join in. You go crazy. If it's crazy, I'm getting crazy. Second type of person, give in. You get depressed. You get cynical. You give up. You you just don't do anything, but you're going to talk about it. You're the kind of person that says, well, I hate this candidate, and I hate this candidate, so I'm not going to vote. I'm just giving in because it's crazy, so I'm not doing anything, and I'm not criticizing you if that's where you are. We're all somewhere, right? All of us are somewhere. But... It gets crazy. The marriage goes crazy, and so you, 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 know, you, just, you just stop talking. The kids are, are wild and disobedient, and, and that's what kids do, right? They're not adults trapped in little kid bodies. That's not what they are. They're little demons trapped in little kid bodies. <laughs> and I know because I'm a pastor. You can trust me. No, I'm just kidding. I have kids. I know what they are. No, they're amazing. They're incredible. But, but they're naughty, right? And they do wrong things. And, and so when it gets crazy... As it does when you're raising kids, there's a there's a temptation or a, or a response to give in. And then lastly, you might be this person, you run away. So the fight or flight, you don't jump in, you don't get in somebody's face, and you don't give in, you just run away. So when marriage gets tough, you leave. When the kids are tough, you leave. When it gets tough at work, you quit. You just run. It doesn't matter what happens. And you can always spot these kind of people, they're like, I hate drama. I hate it, I hate drama so much, so I'll tell you all about my drama and they and then run away. I I hate drama so much. No, you don't. You like it, right? You love it. But the people that the person that just runs away, they run away when when it gets tough. And all of us maybe at some point in our life, this is how we deal with crazy. Maybe we jump in, we get involved, we 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 take it up a notch. Or maybe we just give in and we get quiet or we get depressed or we get cynical and bitter but we don't do anything or we just run away. But none of these responses really are good for us. None of these responses are good for the people that we're dealing with. None of these responses solve anything. How many of you would agree with me on that? That joining in or giving in or running away, it doesn't do anything for us. And so we come back to the words of Christ. If you anchor your life on me, you see, there's something fundamental about anchoring your life on Jesus. When you trust him with your, your salvation and he is your hope and your security and you're following him as Lord of your life, you don't have to join in and get crazy when people get crazy, when situations get crazy. You don't have to, to give in and, and give up. You don't have to run away. You can stand firm. Your house can be secure on the bedrock of Christ. There's another way. There's a man in the Bible that I want to talk about as we... Wrap up and, and move forward today. His name was David, and many people would know David from the story of David and Goliath, right? David is the guy that used the, the smooth stone and had a slingshot and killed the giant Goliath, and many of us have heard that story. But a little bit of backstory on the life of David David was a guy who really did a lot of things right. He honored his father and his mother, he was a shepherd, he kept uh, track of the flocks, and when a lion or a bear would come, he would fight them off. And he wrote beautiful music and beautiful songs. We, we get some of those in the book of Psalms. Uh, In the scripture, there were Psalms of David. He wrote beautiful worship songs and poems, and he just had a soft, artistic heart. But he also was a warrior, a very interesting blend in this man. And David was a guy that did everything right, and one day he goes to bring food to his brothers at the battle, and he hears the, the voice of Goliath Uh, shouting and and criticizing God and criticizing the people of God. And David says, like, I can't take this anymore. We talked about this last week. You hear the call. He heard it and he goes, forget it. He goes and he fights the giant. He saves the nation. He's a a national hero. He gets married to the king's daughter. And people literally sing this song about him. He goes on military campaigns and they say, about the, the other king, they say, Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands which, as you know, made Saul really happy. <laughs> he was like, great, I'm so excited that this young kid is, he's, you know, he's killed the tens of thousands and everybody forgot about me, you know. And, and uh, Saul, uh, David is this hero. He marries the king's daughter. Everything is going up, 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 up. And then, crazy, Saul gets jealous. He starts to hate David. In fact, he hates him so much that he tries to kill him. And he literally throws a spear at him. Now, I don't know what your response to crazy is. I'm just going to encourage you on the spear one. Be the runaway person. Don't grab the spear and be like, oh, I'm coming back at you. You know, don't, no. If somebody actually throws a physical spear at you, you can just go ahead and, and run away. My dad always says that his preaching is like a cross-eyed javelin thrower. He's not going to set any records, but he keeps the crowd awake, you know. And... Uh, We'll have him come up and preach and keep us awake here in a couple of weeks. But uh, if somebody throws a spirit at you, but David, everything goes crazy. Saul tries to kill him, and so David, this hero married to the king's daughter, he has to escape, and he's exiled. He's basically banished from the kingdom of Israel, and he went and found a nice luxury resort on the Med... No. No. He goes and he lives in a cave. Now... I don't know how good that sounds to you, but if you've ever been to a real cave, it's not nice. It's just a hole in the ground, right? It's rocky or dirty or nasty, and there's bats, and I hate bats. That's the nastiest thing that God ever made in the whole world. And David goes and lives in a cave, and I could probably handle the cave if it was just me, right? You know, hanging out by myself or maybe with my wife. Not our kids. They're not allowed to come to the cave, but just Bethany and I. But that's not what happens. All of a sudden it says that the discontented and the debtors and the people that were were outcasts from society, they start coming to David and they don't come to him and say, like, David, we're here for you. David, we're your peeps. We got your back, we're your entourage. They're like, Help us. Will you help us? Hey, we should kill Saul and take their stuff. All these people come together and they're like, David, we need you. And David's like, What? Look at me, I'm in a cave. This isn't like the Ritz-Carlton cave. This is A cave, it's a real cave. And that's where David finds himself. And I'm sure he looked at his life and he said, this is crazy. And you go, well, that must have just been a couple weeks. No, it was actually like 12 years. 12 years on the run. 12 years as an exile. 12 years hated. Always being attempted to murder him. And even when Saul would come into contact with David, David continued to do the right thing. He wouldn't kill Saul. Finally, he goes to the group of people called the Philistines. And he basically pretends to be crazy. So like, fine, you can hang out with us, right? He literally pretended to be mad. And one king kind of says, well, I see the worth in this guy. I'm going to give him a chance, even though they're our enemy, So I'm going to bring David into our, our team. So they give David a city. It's called Ziklag. And finally, 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 after all the crazy, David and his team, which now is raised up to be a pretty great group of guys and ladies, they're, they're the mighty men end up coming out of this group of people. But David and his people... They finally have a place to land, and I'm sure David said, Well, I didn't think it was gonna turn out this way, but everything's actually turning out pretty good. Now I have a city, now I have a home, now I have a job, I can I can do what I'm gonna do for the Philistines, I, I can I can live, I can be who I was meant to be, and I don't live in a cave, right? So that's a, a bonus. And everything looks good at Ziklag. But in first Samuel chapter thirty, David and his men go out on a raid or they're going to be going on a raid, and the Philistine king sends them back and says, no, we don't need you for this job. They go back home. It says, three days later in 1 Samuel 30, when David and his man arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. This is how I felt at the Ducks-Huskies game <laughs> two weeks ago. It was like these Philistines from Seattle came down and burned us to the ground, right? <laughs> But God is, we're going to rise again. Come on. We're out of the ashes. It's crazy. It says they had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. It's probably the understatement of the century, because the words don't convey the meaning. But you think about a moment in your life when you've wept, and you literally had no more tears. When it was so broken, it was so crazy, it was so bad. Things had gone so sideways. I told the story a couple weeks ago about Bethany and I when we had a miscarriage and lost a child, and we wept until we had no more tears. I remember literally crying, and at some point I just didn't have anything left in the tank, and I couldn't cry anymore. And th- that's how broken these these men were. And then, how would you feel if you came home and your wife and your kids were just gone, and you knew that your house is burned to the ground? I mean, could you? Hand- I mean, it's just. You know what I'm talking about. Moms, if you came home and your kids are gone, you know how they felt. They wept until they could weep no more. And then it says, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. And this isn't like stoning like, hey, we're in Eugene, it's legal. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, this is like rocks stoning, right? Throwing rocks at him. They were like, okay, all of us are joining people. When it gets crazy, we're jumping in. We're going to figure out who's at fault. And of course, it's always the leader, right? You look, look at him. David, what the heck were you thinking? Why did we leave everybody here? And he's in great danger. It's getting crazy up in Ziklag, right? Things are going crazy. But listen to this right here. It says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David's life was not built on Ziklag, David's life was not built on the Philistine armies. David's life was not built on a position. David's life was built on the Lord, his God. People can take away your stuff. Crazy can come in, a storm can come in and take away things from you, can even take away people from you, but it cannot take Christ away from you. The one thing in life that stands strong through crazy, through storms that come, is Christ and his work of life in you. And the hope of our faith is not that we just go to heaven and we sit around like a bunch of fat naked babies playing harps. That's not it. The hope of our faith is resurrection life that begins right now, that begins to transform you from the inside out, that when you step through the, the, the gate of life and death, that, that, it's, that you're, you're, you're coming home, that now that eternal quality of life now lives on the inside of you, eternal life, that death has, is broken. That's the hope of our faith. That cannot be taken away from you, even when it goes crazy. And David found strength in the Lord his God. He remembered, where does my hope come from? What is my life built on? It's not built on what things are going on around me. It's built on the Lord my God. And he found his strength. And I'll tell you the rest of the story in a little bit. When David saw crazy, he didn't join in. You guys want to stone me? Well, I'm going to stone you. I'm really good at stoning people. I killed a giant with a stone. (laughs) Right? He's just reaching for his sling. You know, it's like that standoff. Everybody's got this, this sling. No, he didn't join in. He didn't give in. He could have just given in. Ah, fine, kill me. You guys suck, anyways. <laughs> Remember when I was in the cave and you came and I helped you? Like, forget it, just stoned me. And he didn't run away. I'd have been like, hang on for that stoning thing really quick. I got to go. I got to check my email. I'll be right back. And then be gone, right? He didn't do that. He found strength in the Lord his God. He stayed put. He didn't join in. He didn't give in. He didn't run away. He dug in. He dug in. He went into the place with God, his his relationship with God, where his life, his faith, his trust was built. That's what he did. Let me say this to you. When you find your place in God, you'll have peace with God and get a plan from God that will carry you through whatever you're facing. Three words, place, peace, peace. Plan. When you find your place in God, you will have peace with God, and you'll get a plan from God. David went into his place with God, his place with God. And I'll tell you what happened in his life, and I'll tell you what happened in Bethany and my life. I'll, I'll wrap it up at the end. But I want to give you this morning as we as we get ready to close, three steps for keeping it together when life falls apart. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Yeah. Three steps for keeping it together when life falls apart. Number one, you got to, I went like that, number one. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, I was homeschooled. Okay, one, there we go. <laughs> number one, find your place in God. I want to ask you today, do you trust in Jesus? Is your life built on him? You know, I know every, every week people come to church and they don't have a relationship with God, and I'm so glad you're here because this is the best place for you to be. You're so welcome here. You know, church is not a place for people that Jesus needs. It's a place for people that need Jesus. And every one of us that's here that's a Christ follower, we can, we can stand before you with humility and tears in our eyes and say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You're so welcome here. You can encounter the life that i found in Christ. I'm not always going to be a great example for you of what that looks like to live it out, but I'll tell you what, look at him. Just keep looking at Jesus. But if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, this is a great day for you. it's a great moment because you can find your place in God, that solid rock. As I said before, storms will come. Jesus said, "When the storms come, when the floods rise, when the, the winds come and beat upon your house, not if. Maybe you're not looking for crazy, but crazy's looking for you. It's going to happen. You're going to have a transmission at the bottom of the hill go out, right? You're going to have uh, kids crying and screaming and driving you nuts. You're going to have marriage trouble. It's coming. Maybe not, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom over you. I'm not saying that, but, but crazy comes, right? Where's your life built when that storm comes? Is it built on sand? Is it built on, oh, I could never lose my job. You can lose it. You can lose it. You could do everything right and lose it. You, oh, I'd never mess up in my marriage. You could, All of us are flawed. All of us are fallible. Oh, I'd never, I'll never get sick. My body's my temple. I'm down there doing CrossFit and, and, uh, you know, Criss CrossFit and everything, right? I like criss cut fries. That's my thing. But anyways, (laughs) no, even Dr. Atkins, it came up with the Atkins diet. He was full of bacon, but he fell down and hit his head and died. He probably died happier than the most of us (laughs) because, you know, Yeah, but it's sad, but you know, you could be perfectly healthy and you can have a brain hemorrhage. I mean, you're like, wow, joy. Yeah, yeah, right, joy. I'm bummed out today. I'm just saying, crazy can come. You gotta find your place in God. Put your roots down in a place that is secure. You know, right now, we live in very insecure times. Some people are gonna be happy on November 9th. Some people are gonna be sad. At the end of the day, let me tell you what matters. It's your faith. Wherever you put your faith. It's not in Clinton or Trump. Put your faith in Christ. Vote, for, vote your conscience. Vote how, according to your Christianity. Vote according to your, uh, your wisdom that you have. All of us are flawed, though, and we're going to do our best. Come on. But my faith is not in our president. or My faith is not in our Congress or the Supreme Court or Russia or WikiLeaks or whoever. My faith is in Jesus. And so I know that when things get shaken around me, we have an unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of God, a relationship with Christ. Romans 10, 9, verse, Romans, uh, chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Come on, you can put your hope and faith in Christ. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Romans eight thirty eight says, I am convinced that neither life nor death, no, neither death nor life, nor, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You cannot be separated from the eternal love and power of God Do you have your place in him today? Have you found your place? Can you, like David, when it gets crazy around you, find your strength in the Lord your God? Let me just tell you, this message is for any of us. Maybe you've been a Christian for 20 years. That's great. You got to find your place in the Lord. Remember where you where do you go when it gets crazy? Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. Find your place in the Lord. Give your life to Christ today. Number two, have peace with God. Find our place in God. Can have peace with God. You know, when you have peace with God, you just have peace. And it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter how crazy things get around you. I remember Bethany and I at the bottom of Bailey Hill. We just drove right through there today on our way to church. Right at the bottom of the hill, three crying kids. It starts raining outside because it's Eugene, right? And you're like, perfect timing. A broken car, a crazy life no job, and we still had peace. The Bible talks about peace that passes all understanding, which means it's peace that makes no sense to anyone looking into your circumstances. If someone were to look into your life and go, well, you have cancer, how do you have peace? And you're like, because my life isn't built on my health, it's built on Christ. Well, you, you, you just, your wife just left you and you have you know, three kids. I have peace in Christ. Maybe you don't feel great, right? But there's peace that passes all understanding. Even when crazy comes, there's peace. We had peace because we knew our future was secure because our foundation was secure. Come on. We knew that our future was okay. Everything was going to be okay because our foundation was solid. It was based on Christ. And so even in that crazy moment, we had peace. When you find your place in God, you can find peace with God. And peace with God is an incredible thing. Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Maybe today you're like, I don't have any peace. I'm freaked out about the world. I don't even want to go on Facebook because I don't want everybody's fighting and it's just crazy and I hate it. Let the peace of Christ guard your heart and mind, but it has to be, you have to be in Jesus. It guards your life in, guards your mind in Jesus. Number three, get a plan from God. When you find your place in God, you can have peace with God and you can get a plan from God. After David, I'll, I'll finish his story here. After he, it says he strengthened himself and the Lord is God, he said he had that moment Everybody's around him with stones. Like, when are you gonna stop praying, right? And there he is with his head bowed. And David's there, and he's seeking the Lord. And he gets himself solidified. Okay, I'm built on Christ. I'm built on the Lord my God. I'm strengthening myself. And when he looked up, there was something in his eyes. And he said, get the priest, get him over here. He comes over here, and they're all standing there with rocks, and he says, ask the Lord what we need to do. Are we gonna be successful? Should we pursue the Amalekites? They seek the Lord. The Lord says, yes, go, you're gonna get everything back. David says, look guys, here's the plan. Let me just tell you right now, some of the strongest moments of prophetic wisdom, prophetic vision, uh, where God spoke to me, were times of crazy, where everything was going crazy sideways. But in those moments when I found strength in God, I could hear his voice and I honed in on what I, what I needed to do. And there was a plan and people can see it in your eyes when you have a plan from God. And, and you look at your family and you say, I know everything's going crazy, but I found my strength in God and this is what we're going to do. David went and they pursued the Amalekites. And it says, they, they found this Egyptian in a field. And they're like, hey, what's, where are you from? And they're like, well, I was actually with these guys, the Amalekites. They're like, okay, tell us more. And I got sick and so they left me here. You're like, is this an Old West movie? You know, I mean, and he said... They're actually like this way, and they said, well, will you take us to them? And he goes, yeah, will you not kill me? They're like, sure, you have immunity. Just take us to these guys. And it says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 16, it says, he led David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. And it says, David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day, a long period of time, and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. When you find your place in God, you have peace with God, you will get a plan from God. What do I do when I don't know what to do? You find your strength in the Lord and allow him to guide you. Does that mean, oh, I guarantee you're going to get healed. Oh, I guarantee everything's going to be perfect. No, I don't know. I don't know. I just know God's going to give you a way to get through. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict the future. What I can tell you, though, is when you find your strength in God and you have peace with God, God will give you a plan that you can persevere through whatever circumstance you're going through right now. Whatever the crazy is, moms, when you're there, and your husband's off at work, or you don't have a husband and you got a bunch of kids all over you and it's nuts and it's crazy and you can't watch any more videos on Netflix. And rent's do, and it's just nuts. And you go, my life is crazy. Find your strength in the Lord. Even with a bunch of kids hanging off, you find your strength in the Lord. Get peace with God and allow him to speak to your spirit and give you a plan and he will get you through. Come on, he'll get you through. He'll bring you through the crazy. He'll bring you through the storm. When things went crazy for Bethany and I, there's times we wanted to join in, there's times we wanted to give in, and there was a lot of times when we wanted to run away, but instead we dug in and we said, God, we don't have anything, we don't know what to do. Car's broken, we're at the bottom of the hill, it's a mess. I don't have a plan, I can't even go to pasta, I don't even get to eat Italian food tonight. That was the worst part. (laughs) and all of a sudden we I mean we didn't have any plan at all and the lord began to speak the lord began to do some things god used some of those circumstances god used some of that crazy to get our attention on what really mattered which was that this city needs more joy there's a lot of people here that are going through crazy a lot of people going through worse crazy than we've walked through a lot of people going through less crazy than we've walked through, but a lot of people who need to hear the message of Jesus and God wanted to direct our attention. You're broken down, you don't have anything, but I'm planting you here and we found that place in the Lord. And I can tell you right now that God gave us peace and God gave us a plan and we made it through and we're better off on this side of crazy than we were before. Hearing the voice of the Lord, sometimes those greatest setbacks and obstacles and crazy it ends up being a turning point where God does something unique inside of you so that you can be who he's called you to be. Sometimes there's a breaking that happens so that you can be built up. Sometimes that sickness helps you to to not trust in an illusion of health or safety. Sometimes that sin leads you back to the grace of God. Sometimes that brokenness in your marriage gets you to actually do it right the next time. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I can tell you right now that God is calling you to anchor yourself to him, to find your place in him. Maybe today you're dealing with crazy. Maybe it's at work, maybe it's at home, I don't know. But I wanna tell you right now that in this moment, you can make a decision to trust Jesus with your life. Right now, as I said, there's, there's people in this place that you don't have a relationship with Christ. And I don't need to give you this long theological discourse about what it means to trust in Jesus. Really what it means is you say, I can't do it myself anymore and I wanna give my life to him. I confess that I'm a sinner, I need Jesus, I'm gonna trust in Jesus and he's gonna take care of the rest. He's gonna lead you, he's gonna guide you, his spirit's gonna come upon you, you're gonna feel the presence of God, he's gonna come through for you but you can just make a decision to build your life on Jesus right now, in this moment, to find Place in God. Let's bow our our heads and close our eyes today. If you're here today and that's you and you want to respond to the, the call to receive Jesus, there's nothing that I do that makes you a Christian. It's your trust and faith in Christ. And literally, in that instant, when you trust Him with your with your life, He saves you. When you call out to Him, you say, I believe in Him, I call out to Him. Maybe I don't even totally understand, but I'm calling out. He comes in and He saves you. And if that's you today. I just want you to lift up your hand where I can see. Thank you, I see that, I see that. Thank you all over this room, all over this room. Come on, be bold, I need Jesus today. I need to trust him with my life, be bold. Thank you so much, thank you so much. Will you pray with me today? Just repeat this prayer with me, repeat this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I wanna build my life on you. So when the storms come, my life is built on the rock. I confess my sin and failure to you. But I accept your perfection. I accept your payment for me. And I give you my life. Give me the grace to follow you. Every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a moment and just thank the Lord for those people that are trusting in Christ today. Awesome. Now... If, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I know we're getting on in time here and we're gonna get out of here, but if, that was, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I just wanna invite you at the end of service, when everybody's filtering out, just come down to the stage. We're in the big theater today, so we have lots of room up here to have a party. We have some wonderful people, Keith and Tina and others. We wanna meet with you, connect with you, and all we wanna do is pray with you, talk to you a little bit, and help you get connected to be a follower of Jesus, okay? So please, don't leave here without connecting, because what happens is the enemy The devil, he wants to take away that seed that God put in your heart. And so if you leave and and life's going to get crazy again, right? So don't don't leave without making a connection because we love you. We want to walk with you. And uh, the rest of you that are here, how many of you want to find your place in God? Man, if you're a Christian, sometimes life goes crazy, right? Being a follower of Jesus doesn't guarantee there's no storms. Just guarantees that when the storms come, you're secure on the rock. Let's lift our hands up today and receive this word today. And let's just pray. God, we thank you for your word. Jesus, that we can build our life on you. That when things go crazy, uh, you bring sanity. You bring stability. You bring structure. God, you bring security. We We can build our life on you. Doesn't matter how the election goes. Doesn't matter how the economy goes. Doesn't matter even how the world goes. How our health goes. Lord, the things that are uh, outside of our relationship with you, they can be shaken, but God, our relationship with you cannot be shaken. So, Lord, I pray for faith to rise in the hearts of all of your people. God, that there would be peace that passes all understanding, that out of a deep and abiding relationship with you, God, as we walk with you every single day in prayer, in the word, and God, out in the world, loving people like you loved us, I pray, God, that your peace that passes all understanding would would pervade in our spirits. God, that that there would be faith today that every person would leave here, even if the circumstances haven't shifted yet or haven't changed yet, but we'd leave here and say, I'm okay. Crazy doesn't have a hold on me. I'm not joining in or giving in or running away. I'm digging into God and I'm standing with him and upon him today. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. 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 Hey, thank you so much.